I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yo, 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 what's going on, people? You know what time it is, man. This is your man, Comfy Cozy, one half of the Run and Tape podcast. You are now tuned in to the best podcast in New York City, OPP. OPP, OPP. God bless everybody and welcome to another episode of OPP, America's number one podcast discovery platform that highlights your favorite podcasters and the dope shows they created. I'm your host, Corey Cambridge. Our special guest this episode is Cozy, co-host of the amazing podcast, Run the Tape. Run the Tape is New York's premier podcast devoted to music discovery within the hip-hop landscape. Each week, alongside his co-host, Uchechi, and special guests, Cozy discusses notable cultural topics and upcoming artists. Cozy came through my bedside apartment to chat about his career in hospitality, how that experience has helped him in his new passion of podcasting. He gives us his podcaster's picks. And of course, we chat about his dope show, Run the Tape. So without further ado, let me introduce you to Cozy. What's up, Cozy, man? Yo, yo, what's going on, people? What's going on? It's good to be here, bro. Dude, it's good having you here at the crib. I've done an interview here at the crib in a long time. Yo, we had to keep it organic. I got like no shoe energy on. I got on like my John Deere socks. Comfortable, bro. Comfy Just cozy. Comfy cozy, man. That's you got to be is. comfy when cozy comes to the crib. Exactly. Well, look, it's also cool because I'm sitting here uh, writing some songs. I hear, Corey! <laughs> you see me through my window. How's everything, man? Everything is great, man. Blessed. Talk to me Daily. about life. Um, life is great. Um, 2019 is shaping up to be a, a really great year. Why is that? Just because I feel like the show is is really going in a great direction. I also believe that I'm just working really well. Me and me and my partner, um, Uchechi, we're kind of developing like a, a closer relationship. Outside of the pot. Yeah. Um, and before, sometimes when you're first connecting with somebody, it's like business, right? You're like, it's just about the mechanics. Um, because through those mechanics, once you get through that, then you feel like you're able to add a certain level of like, a human aspect to it. Mm-hmm. Totally. You're able to connect on a more, on a deeper level. So you talk about things that you don't necessarily talk about in the beginning. Then now that adds a little bit more context to who the who the what the why the where and everything like that. Look, it's like a uh, it's like a like a relationship. Yeah, right. Where you you start off, you're just like dating, you're getting to know each other. You're right. asking the stupid questions like, "Where are you from?" Right. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, what do you like to do for fun? What's your favorite color? Right, and then right. as a relationship progresses, then you get into like the deeper shit. Yeah, not and it's, it's dope. It just adds so much, so many more layers, and that's necessary. And and you really begin to develop that. That uh, that energy that um, that just comes through on the show. It, the thing is, too, it's uh, it's 2019, so I always get really excited by like milestones, mm-hmm. by like you know the the beginning of a decade or the end of a decade. Right. Um. So now that we're in the end of the teens, 
uh, in this 2000 era. Where did you start off in the beginning of the decade? And where are you now? And how has that transformed? 2010. 2010. Right? So 2010, uh, I was finishing up school. I went to Morgan State University. Okay. Historically by college in Baltimore. What up, what up? HBCU. My, yeah, man, we rapping. Um, I was working two jobs. I was working two jobs. I was working at Apple. Um, as a genius um, or a floor specialist, one of the two, eventually a genius. And then I was also working as a bartender at a hotel restaurant. Okay. Um, and I had been working two jobs for like three years, right? I paid pay for everything through school with the help of family when possible, but mostly like on me. And um, really... I kind of arrived at a point where I wanted a career. I just didn't want like continuous jobs. And a lot of my friends like weren't necessarily thinking on that same level at the same time. And I was like, you know, I don't, I don't like hopping from one job, got to then travel across town to another job and then deal with, you know, the, I guess the, the different ecosystems at different jobs, you know, you really want some sense, like some sense of stability. Mm -hmm. So after a while, um, I just kind of came to the understanding that that's what I wanted. I wanted like a consistent thing that I could really grow and excel and develop a skill set in. And I had a manager at the time who really took a liking to my work ethic and promoted me to a supervisor within a hotel. And that's how I really began, got my start in hospitality. And I've been working in hospitality ever since. So the past 10 years has always been about elevation from working in hotels, multi-unit functions, um, to be able to then move to New York because I wanted to challenge myself and now work for two, one, two-star Michelin restaurants which is some of the best in the city. What did you learn from, you know, the experience of working in hospitality that um, you take with you today and uh, further I, endeavors? I genuinely, hospitality is amazing for developing, developing your skills as a people person. You learn how to smile through adversity. You learn how to develop and nurture organic connection with people, you know, from seeing a person one time to welcoming them back with mad love right and then that person feels like whoa this person remembers my name remembers my preferences remembers where i like to sit and there's little things like that that makes a person feel special and you can apply those same that same ideology to your personal life as well remembering little idiosyncrasies about people really goes a long way and it just really instilled a certain commitment to excellence in everything that i do um because it's like a brand, right? So I'm not working for a Hilton and Hilton's like, we want the brand to be a specific type of thing because it conveys this message to people that support us. When I started my podcast or when I started any endeavor, I said the same thing. I said, I want it to look and feel a certain specific type of way because it's for a certain type of podcast traveler. Cause did you go to, did you study at college hospitality or what was your Journalism. major? Journalism. 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 Right. So same here. Funny funny how things in life always come back full yeah, circle. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like you, you start things, you're like, ah, I'm, then you go on this route. Right. But in some way, sometimes you could just find yourself right back where you started. Yeah, man. That's how it works. Uh, so how did you want to get into, um, you know, this kind of entrepreneurship thing and building your own brand for yourself uh, away from hospitality? And are, are you still in the, the hospitality industry? I, so two-part question. I took a break from hospitality in November of last year. Okay. My first break ever 
from working. I have been working since I was 16 years old. I'm 32. So that's a long time yeah. to be just consistently thugging it out, you know, day in, day out, grinding. And I just really recognized that my ability and my drive and passion in creating something began to overtake my desire to make someone else's operation look great. It was really more, I really began to focus on more on myself and it became arduous to be able to have to go into somebody else's operation and do amazing work for them when I could be doing amazing work for myself. Um, But we live in New York. Got to pay the bills. Yes. So without, but God is great. And he was able to kind of put me in a situation that allowed me to pursue both. So before with me working in hospitality, I would always have to work these crazy hours, 3 p.m. to 1 a.m. And you know how it is, you know, uh, yeah, opening, yeah, I do. opening shifts, mid shifts, closing shifts. They're all extreme. Right. And they all and they often take up big portions of the day. So you're not able to build with people. You're not able to take meetings. You're not able to just pop up. And, you know, because people are very spontaneous when they want you to pull up. Podcasters hit me up all the time. Like, yo, can you pull up today? And I'm like. No, nah. but the situation that I'm in now, I do have the flexibility to do that. I make more money than I did before. Um, and I have the flexibility to get in and get out, get in, get out and go do my own thing. Be able to do shit like this. So, uh, but where does that come from within you? So many people would be so scared to leave that comfortable situation in the world that they know, right? Whether that's a profession in... Uh, you know, the financial world or whether it's a profession in, in any profession right? as a teacher. right? But how did you get that confidence to step away from that, that comfort zone? I call it getting off the nipple. Yeah. <laughs> I really just really was on some reckless shit, bro. There was just a moment in time where I just said, man, it's about identifying mentally where you are and how what you do on a daily basis, how that affects you. And because how it affects you turns around and has a, a, a cause and effect on how you affect other people. And I really identified myself as somebody who had, while my podcast was thriving and while my creative spirit was thriving, my non-creative spirit, my everyday spirit was, was low was really low and I'm responsible for a lot of people, you know, including a child. And it's really important that you put yourself in a position to where you are as positive as possible. You know, you are, you, you give off radiant energy. Children feed off that. Your loved ones feed off that. And you have to continue, continue to infuse more positivity into your life. And I just reached a point where positivity was being taken from me, not infused within me. And that was the point when I said to myself, nah, man, it's time for a change. I need a break. I need to really give this shit a, a solid shot, a real go to see because that that itch of what if came through. Like, what if I don't never, well, what if I never try? Then what? What if I always just do the hospitality thing because I can make 100K in the next two years, right? Like, what if, right? And now I have a great, amazing balance. If I never quit, that job, I would have still been at that job right now. And we would have still not been able to do this episode. <laughs> True. But uh, but on, on, a, on a deeper level yeah. of where does that strength, that confidence, that courage oh, facts. Where does come, that from? come from? On a, on a deeper level. Within yeah. You? Me, it's more just about 
reckless, just like, and I know I said reckless before, but that's really how I feel. Like, throw it up in the air and see where the shit lands, bro. See where it lands. It can land right, it can land wrong, but at the end of the day, it's 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 not, you're not what's gonna happen? Like, I I generally feel as though the universe has not put us through anything that we cannot handle. Regardless of whatever decision it is that I make, at the end of the day, I'm going to be alive and I'm going to live through it. And I'm going to come out a better man. So struggling for four months, no job, um, amazing people in my life to to help when I needed it most. And, and I came out on the other end better. So you have to trust yourself. You have to trust yourself. And a lot of people can't do that because they're really caught up in social social norms. They're really caught up in what, what their parents are going to think, what their partner is going to think, how they're going to be able to still meet the supply, you know, the supply of whatever loved one they have that demands. And that's a challenge. And that's the thing that stops a lot of people from continuing to grow and develop. And they stunt themselves. They short them, they short the shit out of themselves simply because they're so caught up in what people are going to think about me. Am I a loser? I don't want to drop out of school, but I'm failing in school. So, bro, pursue something else. So, you know what? We're, we'll take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to get into your show. Let yeah, man. Absolutely, bro. Thank you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync things just flow wherever you are tap the banner to go to monday.com hi my g we back so cozy man like yeah i want to know how did you first like get into podcasting what was the first podcast you were listening to my own. So that was your first show. Yeah. I had a very similar experience. Then how did you get into podcasting? What's the story behind it? I genuinely recognized that I had a voice that was worth hearing. I genuinely identified that my taste in music, my ability to have curated content-driven conversation with people on an everyday basis, that I began, I became people's go-to for music. Back when Kendrick Lamar talking about overly dedicated i was preaching i was preaching his name from jump and by the time section 80 came out there were about a dozen people basically like thanking me like yo you identify something that i didn't even realize existed in this artist and this dude is going to be something special right and it was just those moments right there where people were like yo what's the new music out what's the new music i know you know i know you know and then i i said to myself why can i turn this innate talent that i have this innate ability to be able to share into something that's that has a foundation. Describe Run the Tape uh, to, to our audience. Yeah, absolutely. Run the Tape podcast is one of New York premieres, uh, one of New York premier podcasts dedicated to musical discovery within the hip hop landscape of our community. It's really a podcast dedicated to exposing you to the fact that you have options. Radio tends to regurgitate. They tend they play the same songs, they play the same artists, and it's and it's it, it is manipulation in a way. And I feel like our podcast and what I want to do with our podcast is be able to help people understand that 
you do have options. There are other amazing artists that you had not even heard of. And just because they don't chart doesn't mean they don't exist. Um, from highlighting talented um, female MCs to being able to talk about underground artists that, or even New York's own. We like we love to highlight people within the city because you walk past these people every day and you have no clue about who you just brushed past and said pardon me to. Mm. It's our job to make sure that you know who that person is. First, I want to also give you major props because so many people, and I spoke about this when I was on the panel um, a couple of weeks ago, and I spoke about when you start a show, don't start a show because you just want to hear your own voice or you want to see your name on the title. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, make sure that you have a function with your show. And one thing I was really impressed by, even with that very clear question of, you know, describe on the tape, you know, you, for po- people who are listening or getting into the podcast space, you have to really understand uh, the importance of understanding the function of your show. You should be able to tell someone very clearly in an elevator, the show is about this and it also solves a problem. Right. Right. And we talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we've talked about that offline and, and our, that conversation really forced me to reevaluate and really sit down and say to myself, what are you doing? Two sentences. What are you doing? Yeah. Nobody's got time to hear like a diatribe. What are you doing? You have to be concise with how you feel because you being concise in what you say, it gives off the impression that your information is equally as so. Mm-hmm. And people will respect that. And you get a concise answer. Yeah. Um, but I'm very, very impressed with that. Also, too, um, I'm very impressed with the branding and the marketing of your show. Appreciate that. Uh, where did you, you know, develop that skill and that innate ability? Because you, you also, not only is your your pitch very clear and very direct, your branding and your marketing matches that pitch. Yeah. Uh, how did that develop? Just with, um, when I first got started, I'd actually paid somebody, right? To And this was like in the early beginnings, right? I was kind of doing like some shitty like teaser clips and shit like that. And then there was this guy, Osmond, um, who out of Atlanta. And I saw he he was doing some amazing things with his Instagram. And I reached out to him about branding. And, you know, he we talked about a price and he developed my first assets. And then I said, okay. So I need an asset for this. I need an asset for that. I need an asset for this. Okay, dope. Let me just tinker. Really, let me tinker. That's all I did. I didn't go to school for any of this shit. It really was just about sitting in front of my computer for hours, watching these tutorials, and just playing around with shit, and then just seeing what worked. And now it comes a little bit more naturally now at this point, because I've seen what works, what doesn't work, Mm -hmm. and I've just become... I'm just really taking the initiative to educate myself as much as possible. And graphic design is fun as shit. It is. It's it really extremely is. fun. As Especially hell. when it's for you. Yeah. Right? When it's for you yourself. You feel like a certain level of accomplishment. Yeah. Right? And now it's even gotten to the point where people come to me for advice. Like, hey, how can I make my shit look like your shit? Well, your shit is not going to look my, like my shit. But this is the thinking that you need to have. There needs to be consistency. As podcasters, we tend to just take information from other mediums and we then put it on our own, adapt it, use the same content, 
but make it brand like branded for yourself. Yeah. And then it'll even it'll even it'll serve several different purposes. Mm-hmm. It'll continue to help you visually. It'll help you drive your content and it'll still reel people in. And I think there's just a level of respectability that comes with your ability to to take that, tinker with it and then come out with some something completely different on the other end of the spectrum. And also, too, I think that, um, you know, that I've learned from from you is that even Though we're both in this podcast journey together as new shows and as new personalities yeah. uh, in the space, but you've taken a very professional approach to it from yeah. the very beginning, from day one, right? Which is and that's and I give that to hospitality. Hospitality has really taught me a certain level of professionalism with a smile, being and I don't even smile like that. But when I talk, <laughs> but when I talk, but when I talk to you in the email. I'm able to be concise with what I have to say. I'm able to be use descriptors, right, that are appealing, that I'm able to pitch to you. I'm able to 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 really draw it out for you so you can see what it is that we do without so yeah, I could talk about, you know, thousands of listeners weekly, but at the same time, it's not a humble brag. Mm-hmm. Right. We're still humble at the same time. We're still just trying to drive the conversation and culture. And I just feel like my bit like my background in hospitality really is a testament to where I am right now. Uh, tell me some guests that you had on the show. And and what's a typical episode like? Oh, man. Uh, we've had you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been um, a guest on the show. Yeah, we've had you. We've had Sky Zoo. We've had Vinny Chase. We've had Connie Diamond, uh, Quality. Um, we've had we, our recent episode, episode 40, was with Amazing, um, a talented Harlem MC. Yeah, Chris Styles. Um, we had Chris Styles. Yep, we've yep. had Low Key. Uh, we've had Mouse Jones. We've had Funny Julius, um, Reek. Um, you got to just know Reek to know Reek. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we've had some, we've had some, some very, very special people. Uh, Latasha as well, who's a talented, uh, female rapper out of Brooklyn too who's transitioning to new things but she's very she's a talent indeed so it's really about diversity it's not just about having thug rapper thug rapper thug rapper thug rapper it's really about yeah you can have somebody that's from the hood but then you can also have a conversation with somebody who just comes out with dope ass shit who grew up in the burbs um I always often tell guests too when you're starting a podcast when I consult them on their shows and I'm helping create their shows for them, I often say, hey, think of your show and your podcast like a tattoo, right? Do you want to be known for this for the next five years, 10 years, or 20 years? Because with the internet today, when you put things out into the universe, you're it creating a back. tattoo about yourself. So yes. if you're going to make a podcast about like big booty porn stars, if you're cool with that and you think it'll be into that at 70 years old, right talking about that to live with it rock with it you know right. what i mean all praise to you right. but now that you're in this space of bringing new music to the forefront and being a voice in the music community uh how has that transition been and have you seen that transition happen where people are starting to call on you and look at you as a voice within the community yeah i just had a conversation with uh a great uh a great ally you know, within our podcast community um and it was a show that I did. Um, shout out to Jade. She called me and she said, hey, I got some questions just about why urban podcasts are not on iTunes Top 100. What are your thoughts? 
do you feel like as people of color, we need to diversify our content? Like, what are your thoughts? Do you feel like um, how, like, what is it that we can do as a community to raise the, the, the visibility of these humble, humbler shows like yours and mine, right? And we talked for a good 30 minutes and we just vibed, right? But that wouldn't have happened a year ago. It wasn't until through numerous talks that we've had, through me being on our show, through her listening to my show and being on my show and seeing all the things that you've mentioned before and then her being able to say, this dude is somebody that he knows what he's talking about. He may not be the most popular dude, but people that know him, like know him. Mm -hmm. And I respect that. So, you know, before we get out of here, uh, I ask every person who's a guest on OPP. Yeah. We are at this segment called Our Podcaster's Picks. Yeah, man. Where, Cozy, I'm going to ask you uh, to give me your top three favorite podcasts and describe them to me. Yeah. Chris Styles, Trapping Anonymous. Love. We had him on the show. Adam on OPP. Yeah. Trapping Anonymous is, that's that's special. Trapping Anonymous is, like you said, it's, it's really just Chris Styles and having an anonymous conversation with, with somebody and there's so many different cool aspects to it before you even get to the content. The fact that it sounds like some hood shit, right? Yeah. But the content is super informative. Extremely. Some very, very legendary episodes I've already had. I mean, the one hedge fund anonymous. I mean, I that was a guy when one. he was talking about the guy was talking about how he makes tens of thousands of dollars and and how he not he not like embezzles money, but how he's able to just make money at the drop of a dime and the pressures and pitfalls as a person of color who makes money and how people try to manipulate you and take your money from you. And like really talking about somebody who worked in the hedge fund as a person of color. Wow. And what challenges comes with with all that money that you get. Um the one with the black uh, the black lawyer where she talked about how she had to represent people that she didn't necessarily believe in. Yeah, I heard that was oh that, my like god. That that one was an iconic episode, the one with the officer when he had when he talked with the cop, you know, the one with the person had AIDS. These are people that we wish we could sit down and have a free-flowing unfiltered conversation with and they feel because of the filter that they can just be transparent oh my god that's to, to me that's podcasting at its peak what, what i 100 agree 100 i mean peak i'm and if i was asking for my podcaster's picks he would be my number one yeah and i, I feel like he's uh um just the, the unexpected beast of a journalist. Yeah, he's not even somebody that you would expect. No. Like, no, like, no necessarily formal training. No, you know, like he just kind of came out of nowhere. A it, brilliant idea, brilliant adaptation. Like it, application. It, could, it, it should be on, it's a, on a level of investigative journalism of the New York Times. Yeah, like, man. You know what I mean? Like, like That's some real shit. Bro. It's on some real Facts. shit. So we got your first pick down. Yeah. What's your second pick? Second pick is going to be, oh man, I got to give it up. For um, the tea with Queen and Jay, explain. So the Queen and the, the Queen, um, the tea with Queen and Jay, is a show where you have two uh, feminist nerds who make a show strictly just for women. They really preach about the capitalistic patriarchal society 
and it's very insightful into the minds of a woman. They've allowed, they've, their content has restructured my thinking and how I approach women, how I discuss women openly and privately. And it's really challenged me to become a better person. Mm. To be, you know, yeah, they say shit like triggering shit, men are trash. But then, like, they explain it. It's like, dude, like, if you don't apply, it don't apply. Right. And it's because of that podcast and I've been able to, and, and the fact that I can speak to them. You know, I can reach out to them as well and talk with them about certain concepts about the show and things like that. And, and I follow them on social media and they're they're unapologetically authentic, mm. unapologetically authentic. So if you're if you want to really dive into articulate women who know their shit. That's one show. Uh, what about your, your third show? Last one. I got to go with Joe Budden, bro. Hey, where, where, where? I got to go with Joe. I got to go. These niggas, the niggas is just so toxic, though, <laughs> and, with, with Joe? Yeah, It's almost like, what, how do you describe it? Joe, yeah. Joe is just Joe. Joe is Joe. He's man. with Rory and Maul. Yeah. I, I don't think it gets any better than that. Like, it's not even about the content all the time. Because I can't. I can't sit through all the episodes. I feel like it's I feel like it's it's too much content in my opinion. I think it's just I think like if you love it, you love it. Right. But but if you love but all, you know, moderation in all things. Right? But I consider him to be the Joe Rogan. Yeah, and the you know, black we need Joe that. Rogan. And you need and we need that. They have Joe Rog- Rogan, we have Joe Budden. Yes. You know? And but then even even Joe Rogan, like th- these people who are on all the time, state of the culture, um, pull up, Joe Budden, uh, Joe Budden podcast with twice a week, plus YouTube, plus love and hip hop. Like, you, know, you cannot escape this brother at this point. It's amazing. You should be happy for him. And I am happy for him. Um, I also, but sometimes uh, he challenges me, right? He challenges my my thinking because there are times when I'm with him a thousand percent. But then there are times where I'm like, yo, what the fuck are you saying, bro? Like, you have a duty. Like, you are bigger than a podcaster now. You are much bigger. Oh, yeah. You are much bigger, He's bro. institution. Assu- you are, like, literally, you have to assume a different level of thinking on certain things to be more inclusive. But but the, I think that's the thing that makes Joe special. That's the draw. Because, right. That's right. the draw, like, right? I can think of him as, like, a, like a grown-ass juvenile. Facts. Like... like there are certain points where Joe is like insightful and mature and you're like, wow. And then you're like, no, you can be like an eighth grader. <laughs> yeah. But man. it's that petty it's that, is petty as fuck. Too. Right. But it's that, that dual aspect of him that makes him such yeah. a compelling host because you at least have an opinion. Yeah. Right? If you say Joe, everyone's like, Oh, Joe. And the dope thing about it is that the show for it to be as successful as it is, it feels very organic and it does not feel sterile. No, no. There are a lot of podcasts that are developed for bigger brands where they really strip away just a lot of the character, a lot of the character. And that's the thing that drew you in in the first place. But honorable mention to Dissect. Star, listen to Dissect as well. Oh, oh, Cole Kushner? Yeah. Yo, Dissect is like really, it inspires the fuck out of me in a way (laughs) that they analyze music and they know their fucking facts. And for them to be able to go in and break down an album for that long, that takes a certain level of dedication and really just in-depth 
Like that's some really fucking deep diving shit right there. Look, so my fault for sneaking in another one. No, 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 no. You know, I, I had Cole on the show, and he <laughs> Bro, is set that meeting up. <laughs> he's a beast. He's a beast. So everyone, go back to episode two of OPP to check out my interview with Cole Cushion of Dissect. His show is incredible. This dude's Facts. bonkers. Yeah, but man. cozy, uh, you know, last question before we get out of here, man, is why do you podcast? A podcast for you podcast for you a podcast because i feel as though if we don't step up if we don't take the reins ourselves man they're gonna drive us into the they're gonna drive they're gonna drive off with us you know i i genuinely feel like a podcast for my community i podcast for my peers i podcast because i want to 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 really create a culture where creativity within within the black community is celebrated and is pushed forward. And I really want to, and I, I want to be a part of that next generation that pushes the envelope for this shit. Really, truly, that's how I feel. Mm. Cozy, man, we out of here, brother. Word. It's so good to have you on the show. Yeah, I really absolutely. support what you're doing. Absolutely. Like, you're just a, a brother out here who works hard, who has a vision, yeah. who has a talent and a knack for music. And I yeah, appreciate bro. what you do in the space, brother. Yeah, man. Uh, yo, absolutely. But before we get out of here, bro. What's that? If you fuck with the episode, fuck with the live show. Yes. We got the live show that's going to be clicking April 17th, 7 p.m. Um, if you, you know, interested, check, you know, we got some special things going on, some great guest artists, guest panelists, guest performances. It's going to be an epic night. Pull up, run a tape, dot splash that dot com for tickets, or you can follow me, social media, at Comfy Cozy, run a tape pod as well. There we go. All right. My man, we out of here. Peace. Peace. Thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of Other People's Podcast. To our special guest, Cozy. Be sure to check out his podcast from the tape, and I'll provide the links in the description of this episode. This episode was mixed by Mark Bird. The theme music for this episode was produced by Richie Quake. Lastly, before we get out of here, be sure to check out my other podcast, Silent Giants. Silent Giants highlights the superstars behind the scenes of popular culture. I'll provide the links for you in the description of this episode. I'm your host, Corey Cambridge, Pod Bless, till next time. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.